Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. Do you wear contact lenses or glasses or have something that helps you with your vision? An awful lot of people do. But a lot of people in the past have complained about the lack of competition in the industry and that they were wedded to one provider. Once they got an eye exam, they had to purchase their contact lenses through that provider. Well, that changed in 2003 when when the uh, Contact Lens Consumers Act was passed, addressing some of these issues. But it also was changed and clarified uh, last year by the Federal Trade Commission's uh, some additional rulings. We're going to talk to Chuck Muth, who is um, a, a consumer advocate, and he also is the president of Citizen Outreach. Chuck, welcome to Of Consuming Interest. Oh, it's great to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. Now, you and I met, well, we haven't met in person, but we should. I should reveal that I'm also a member of the Coalition for Contact Lenses Consumer Choice, as you are. And you recently wrote an article about what was going on in the world of contact lens. And interesting to me to find out that there are some people out there who still aren't living up to the um, requirements from the federal government. And tell me, first off, Take us back a little bit. What was the the status of contact lens purchasers before the 2003 Act? Yes, um, great point. Uh, And a lot of people obviously probably don't remember this, uh, especially young people, but uh, optometrists, eye doctors, are the only medical professionals who are allowed to both prescribe, issue a prescription, and fill it. Uh, in their offices or their or their showrooms, and the problem that we were having was that uh, doctors would issue the prescription, provided that the patient fulfilled it in their office, and they weren't being uh, given their prescription so that they could shop elsewhere. and And this became a much bigger issue in the 1990s with the advent of uh, the internet and online shopping, uh, big box discount stores, where people could get their contact lenses and eyewear from places other than the showrooms, which generally, uh, you know, usually had a bit of a higher markup than the discount stores did. So consumers wanted to go shopping elsewhere other than their optometrist's office, but the optometrists weren't giving them that little piece of paper that they needed in order to get that prescription filled. Um, and, so and same is- especially. You can't get a prescription filled for contact lenses unless you know what you need. So so that withholding was kind of crucial to the poor consumer. So what happened? Obviously, there was a movement um, to make changes here, and the act was passed. Was that from the Congress? Yes, Congress passed uh, uh, the uh, – I always get the, 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 the official name wrong, but it was – uh, basically a consumer protection piece of legislation on contact lenses that required optometrists to give a copy of the prescription to the patient slash consumer so that they could use that to shop anywhere, um, whether it be uh, in that doctor's office or at a discount store or online, which was becoming bigger and bigger and bigger as an opportunity. People could go online, order their contact lens refills uh, from the 
privacy and comfort of their home without having to drive somewhere and have it delivered right to their door. But they couldn't, as you said, couldn't get that without that prescription uh, being presented with all the details of the contact lens. So Congress passed that act, told the optometrists that they had to give the patient a copy of their prescription. But uh, this was a big, big moneymaker uh, for optometrists, the retail side where they, f- where they filled these prescriptions. And unfortunately, some rogue actors, some bad actors in that industry were still thumbing their nose at the law and refusing or slow walking those prescriptions to make it as inconvenient as possible for patients to shop other than in their optometrist's own showroom. And that's why, as you mentioned last year, uh, they went through, uh, or the FDA, the Federal Drug Administration, went through a review process and issued a new set of rules clarifying that optometrists absolutely have to provide this, uh, the, the prescriptions, a copy of it, to the consumer, and had to have a log now filled out or a, a statement signed by the patient attesting to the fact that they did get their prescription so that they could go shop elsewhere if they chose to. And this was actually enacted uh, a regulation set up by the Federal Trade Commission, I believe. They were probably working with the FDA in terms of I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, what was going on there? So uh, it was an it was an interesting thing. Well, the thing that interests me most was that, that this is really kind of an anti competition move by the optometrists before these regulations were set down. So okay, so things were not perfect. In other words, there was problems continuing. What were some of those problems that happened after two thousand and three? Just some people thumbed their noses at it and still did practice business the old way? Well, exactly. Um, Of course, this has to do with a lot of the legislation that comes out of Washington, D.C. The law was on the books, but far too many consumers and patients did not know that that law was now on the books and that they were entitled to uh, a copy of the prescription. And so if the optometrist didn't tell them or didn't give them the prescription or advise them that they had the option to shop other than in their own showrooms, most patients and consumers didn't know that they had that option. Uh, they didn't know that it had been enshrined in law. And that was part of the process, the, the problem that eye doctors were allowed to just continue to do business as usual. Uh, they had a captive audience. They had a very sweet bottom line from the retail sale of glasses, and they saw no reason, not all of them, obviously, but they were like, there was just some bad actors who abused this and uh, refused to allow or refused to notify their patients that they had this option. And the patients were in the dark. They didn't know it. And you know what? I would be willing to bet you that an awful lot of people still aren't aware that there are laws out there protecting them uh, in terms of their contact lens. Uh, because, you, you know, this is not something that makes the headlines in a paper, Chuck. It's kind of unusual. We're sitting here talking about it because it's something, well, I don't wear contact lenses. It's something that I I think is of interest to our listeners. And it's something, of course, that, that you've been working on and I've been working on and making information available to consumers about their choices, which I think is a very important thing. Uh, you've been involved in this, I think, longer than I have. How did you get involved in, in doing Doing this, uh, but there is uh, you know, one of the uh, internet providers of contact lenses actually lives here in Las Vegas, and uh, I knew who he was, and uh, through that connection, he brought me 
aware of the problem and what the situation was. And having worked in Washington, D.C. Uh, some 20 years ago, I have a lot of connections still back there. And uh, I started looking into the issue and found the, uh, the coalition and got involved in bringing this issue to consumers and, frankly, other elected officials, because it's uh, the other thing that the optometrists have done is not only have they uh, kept this. Uh, if you don't mind, I want to just mention something about well, can you the hold rule it change, a minute? I think it's important. Can you hold yes. it oh, just absolutely. a minute, Chuck? Let me let me take a break here. Let our listeners know they're tuned into Of Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. You're listening to Of Consuming Interest. My guest is Chuck Muth. He's the president of Citizen Outreach. It's a grassroots advocacy organization. And Chuck is a member of the Coalition for Contact Lens Consumer Choice, as is Call for Action. And uh, so I'm sorry to have interrupted you, Chuck, but if you would continue, please. No, no, that's okay. It's just that you made an excellent point, and I just wanted to take it another step further uh, about consumers not being aware of it. Um, the, the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, new rules that were issued last fall, the thing that was, I think, probably the most important uh, and the thing that the optometrists have objected to probably the loudest is the fact that consumers didn't know it. But now, because of the new rule, the doctors are required to give the consumer a piece of paper where the consumer signs and acknowledges that they did receive their prescription, that they were entitled to it. And that's going to make consumers more aware of their rights, and that's the thing that the doctors, uh, the, the, the optometrists and the eye doctors, really don't want. They just don't want the consumers to know they have the ability to shop elsewhere uh, in a competitive market. I gather that their, their trade association is trying to protect them from these regulations, lobbying and whatnot. Absolutely. The FTC can issue the rules, and there's already a law on the books, but that hasn't stopped the optometrists. Again, this was a cash cow for them. Uh, they've seen their profits erode as consumers have taken their dollars and gone to uh, other stores, discount stores, and online shopping. And so their they're lobbyists are pretty doggone well-funded and powerful in D.C., and they constantly keep trying to chip away and chip away and chip away. And now that the FTC has issued these new rules, now they're looking to go back to Congress and try to over basically overrule uh, the rules established by the FTC and uh, you know the optometrist lobby is behind that. Well, and it's an interesting point that you made in an article that you wrote about this, is which is which is what motivated me to get you on the program. You commented that the Biden administration announced what they're calling an executive order on promoting competition in the American economy, and you pointed out in the article how this really what this rule about contact lens fits right into the concept of competition in an in industry, and uh, and yet are we seeing a move within? government to change all of this? Well, exactly. The uh, the executive order that was released a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> pardon me, by the Biden administration, and I'll just read the, the, probably the most important quote here uh, from, from the policy order, uh, and it reads, a fair, open, and competitive marketplace has long been a cornerstone of the American economy, while excessive market concentration threatens basic economic liberties, democratic accountability, and the welfare of workers, farmers, small businesses, startups, and consumers. And that's exactly what we had. We had excessive market concentration in the hands of the eye doctors themselves, 
that didn't allow for outside competition, especially online competition. So it was nice to see that aspect of the Biden executive order articulated so well. And in that order, they referred to the fact that Congress has taken steps in addition to executive action uh, from the White House. And one of those steps was the contact lens bill, the legislation that was passed in 2003, as you alluded to. You know, it, I'm sitting here thinking about it. I'm sitting at home doing an interview with you and you're in, in Nevada and uh, using the Internet. And the Internet really has changed so much in the way that we conduct business. And in some ways, I know it's hurt small businesses and the local mom and pop shops. But in other ways, it's made people who are in rural areas particularly have a great deal more access to goods and services that those of us in cities kind of take for granted. So there's a whole big lot to be said about the fact that the internet and in which the FCC is working very hard to make sure that everybody has internet connections and has good internet connections. Um, anyway, in broadband, I should say. So all of this fits into the theory that we should be able to go online and buy this. Now, are you hearing or have you heard ex uh, incidences of optometrists not, and we're talking about just optometrists here, we should be clear about this, right? This is where the issue had started, and this is where the legislation was directed. Correct. Uh, it, it, and it's confusing. I know I had to learn this when I got involved in it. The optometrists are the folks who check your eyesight for your ability to read that chart where the different levels of uh, uh, size font is on the chart. An ophthalmologist is also involved in eye care, but they're more on the side of doing eye surgery. Um, you know, more serious right. eye problems rather than just right. eye tests. And so, uh, but they, they don't, generally ophthalmologists don't have showrooms where they sell, uh, you know, they, they issue a yeah. prescription and then sell the product. We should be clear here that we are not anti-showrooms, anti-optometrists selling uh, prescriptions. There's nothing wrong with doing that. I think the big point in all of this is that consumers have the right to make the choice and they shouldn't be forced into purchasing something from a specific vendor. Um, and as I, that to me would be the basic uh, um, underlying theme between our about our conversation and the act. Yeah, and, and I'm not sure if you want to go here, but there is another side issue to this. Not only is it with the retail side of uh, selling the products, the, uh, the the contact lens refills or the eyewear, but uh, you mentioned how technology has changed tremendously. Right. And it is now the technology exists out there that you can go online and look into the camera on your computer or your cellular phone and take the eye test online. And of course, the optometrists are adamantly opposed to that too. But telemedicine is the future. And uh, they were actively opposing telemedicine and these online eye tests prior to COVID. But I think that uh, with, with all of the advances in telemedicine and people getting more accustomed to Zoom meetings and whatnot, because we were forced to during COVID, that I don't know that you're going to be, that the eye doctors are going to be able to stop that technology. I think people have become a lot more accustomed to it. They're more comfortable with using it. And as you said, it is very, very important for folks in rural uh, America. If you live in an urban area, you probably got any number of eye doctors within a 10 or 15 minute drive of your home. But in rural America, it could be a half hour to an hour to find your nearest eye doctor to take such an eye test.
and then you got to go back and there's lots of lots of uh, lots of complications there and then of course we're talking about elderly patients who um i do believe that the elderly the seniors in our country are flocking to the internet just like everybody else and so consequently it opens it up to people who may be housebound even um to get services through the internet and as you said telemedicine is is um something that I think it, it saved a, a lot of people during this whole, and I don't mean that literally, but um, during this whole COVID incident where we could meet with our doctors and do things on Zoom and whatnot. But at any rate, uh, let's just take a brief pause here and to let our listeners know they're tuned in to Up Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Chuck Muth. He's president of Citizen Outreach and it's a, uh, a grassroots consumer advocacy organization. And he's also a member of the Coalition for Contact Lens Consumer Choice, as is Call for Action, full disclosure here. So, um, and, and that's how I became interested in the whole subject because I don't wear contact lenses and I wasn't aware of all the controversy and all the concerns around it. So um, the coalition has done a bit, good bit to, to educate me, but at the same time, we're not anti-competition. We're not, and I'm sorry, we're not anti-optometrists at all. As a matter of fact, I think that, that um, open and free discussion about it and the, in, the possibility of consumers getting their, their uh, prescriptions and going wherever they choose. I think that helps everybody, Chuck. And now, are you, were you the founder of this coalition? No, no, not at all. I just became a member of the coalition. I'm not okay. sure who founded it, uh, but it's a pre it's pretty widespread. The, the interesting thing about it, uh, you know, I, I come from the conservative side of the political spectrum, but there are folks within this coalition who absolutely come from the more liberal side of it. Uh, we just have one thing in column uh, in common: we're pro-consumer. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's a very interesting coalition, at least politically. You don't usually see that kind of a coalition come together in Washington. Washington, D.C. very often. Yeah, there's really nothing political about this issue. It's a matter of access and a matter of freedom of choice for consumers. I mean, that's something that I think we all believe in, no matter what your political leanings might be. So, uh, yeah, that's an interesting point you make, that it really is a bipartisan uh, uh, move to, to make these prescriptions and everything, make sure that consumers have choice here and not being forced into a path they don't want to follow. So it, it really is important. Let's go over again for people who may have just tuned in, some of the highlights of the things that was particularly the last, the, the Federal Trade Commission ruling, which a regulation which just imposed uh, some restrictions or some actions on the optometrist, making them provide you with information. I love that idea. Yes. Uh, just a, like the Reader's Digest version in 2003, uh, Congress passed a law that requires optometrists to pr provide a copy of uh, a consumer or a patient's prescription for eyewear, whether it's uh, eyeglasses or contact lenses. Uh, but as we, we noted, uh, most consumers probably didn't know they had that right. Uh, and the ability to shop elsewhere other than in the optometrist showroom. Uh, so uh, we had some optometrists who weren't fully advising their patients of this right and the ability to shop elsewhere. And so last fall, the Federal Trade Commission, FTC, issued a set of new rules that requires the doctors, uh, the eye doctors and optometrists to have the patients sign a statement 
acknowledging that they did receive their prescription and were advised that they have the right to shop elsewhere. And that's a good thing for consumers. There's also part of that has to do with the fact that if you agree to receive all your information digitally, that you sign a note that you have accepted that and you'll be giving it, I guess, via email or text or whatever. Yeah, and of course, the, uh, the, 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 the optometrists don't want to do this, and so they throw up all kinds of straw men about you know why this is going to be burdensome and uh, paperwork hassle. But uh, I, I think everyone, whether they wear eyeglasses or not, have had to sign such medical acknowledgments that they've been informed of you know, both their rights or informed of possible side effects for prescriptions for drugs that they may have gotten. So this isn't anything new, anything burdensome, anything onerous. It's just something that the optometrists clearly don't want to do because they like the idea of having a captive audience and being able to have people being able to prescribe uh, a prescription and fill it all at the same time in the same place and get the benefit of the retail sales. You know, I don't know the answer to this, but do you know how what percentage of our population wears contact lenses? Boy, I don't know either. I wear eyeglasses. Um, I've, I've never had contact lenses. So I wear eyeglasses. I'm, so I'm not really sure, Shirley. Oh, okay. well, and it does affect glasses as well. If you go in and you're going to go use glasses, you also entitle you to prescription. So it's all the same part of the same uh, uh, movement here in terms of making this accessible to everybody. But um, I was just curious about contact lens because it seems to me like an awful lot of people I know wear them. I don't. I, I just wear a pair of reading glasses that I buy online. So, But going back to the idea of doing your eye exam online, now that to me is just amazing. And I know this has been around for a while, and are people really getting into doing this way of getting an eye exam? They are, and, and it's growing. And uh, to follow up with your previous point, though, the difference between eyeglasses and contact lenses and why I think the contact lens aspect is, is probably more prominent, uh, if you're fitted for a pair of glasses, you keep them for two, three, four, five years maybe. Uh, mm -hmm. But contact lenses, you have to constantly refill and, and get new uh, get refills for the contact lenses. So I think that's probably why you see uh -huh. more activity on the contact lens front than the eyeglass front. Um, that's an interesting, interesting point. Mm -hmm. So it's contact lenses and something like you just buy one pair and wear them forever. Exactly. You, I mean, you, you use them and they're disposable and you have to refill them. Um, and and uh -huh. so that's why it is more of an issue with getting the refills for contact lenses than a pair of eyewear glasses that you only replace maybe every couple of years. Mm -hmm. Makes a whole lot of sense to me and certainly to the people who are, find the convenience of doing it and ordering it online. But um, again, the technology enables us to do so many things that we couldn't do 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. So it's a kind of astonishing what's out there right now. And I know I was just kind of blown away with it when I first learned about being able to do an eye exam um, on a computer. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's I, like space technology. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it really, no, but it's I, I tried it and found out that you have to be under a certain, I think you have to be under 55 years of age in order to be able to do it. Um, which which maybe makes sense, maybe doesn't make sense, but I'm over 55, so I wasn't able to do it online. But the, the technology is there for others uh, oh, to do that online, and that's where the next front of the battle is because uh, the optometrists, having lost in Washington, D.C., are now going in state by state trying to limit the use of this online technology, telemedicine technology, at wow. the state level, and that's part of the other battle. 
as part of the battle. Well, and at least it's making progress in some directions. Chuck, it's been great having you on. And thank you so much for sharing with our listeners the the rights for consumers who are purchasing contact lens or eyeglasses. You've been listening to Of Consuming Interest. My guest has been Chuck Moot. He is the president of Citizen Outreach, and he's also a member of the Coalition for Contact Lens Consumer Choice, which is for making all those prescriptions available to consumers so that you know what you're getting and you have a right to go and shop and buy your your prescriptions from wherever you choose. Anyway, thank you, Chuck. I'm Shirley Rooker. We thank you for joining us. Have a good day. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.